Now, I was, you know, thinking something this week, random thought. You know, I, I was trying to picture, like, the early church. They probably just kind of read the letter and would have read all of Hebrews. So that's the sermon today. I'm just going to read Hebrews. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but I, I will. Some of you were happy. That was, you know, no. But uh, I, I'm, I'm going to read the section that we're going to read today, and then we'll kind of dig into it. I think a lot of the Hebrews sections, there's so many, like, little parts to it that are interesting that I think we can miss because maybe culturally we, we kind of miss some things, but it, it's hard to kind of lose the big picture of the verse. So uh, we're going to read uh, a little bit today. Um, if my eyes work out because, you know, I didn't anticipate the, uh, the being a little rainy out, so it's a little, little today. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a moment there where you're like trying to read the scripture. I just got to pick it up. Um, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, uh, starting in, in verse 7, says, uh, <clears throat> uh, That is why the Holy Spirit says, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, <laughs> uh, even though they, they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will, not, they will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away um, from the living God. You must warn each other uh, every <clears throat> Uh, warn each other every day while it's still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all the, uh, that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Um, and so uh, we're, we're going to kind of drop back in, break this down a little bit. So, you know, starting back in verse 7, it says, So as the Holy Spirit says. Now, so, so is kind of like therefore. We've talked a lot about when you see a therefore, you look to see what it's there for. A uh, <laughs> little thing that you should remember sometimes when you say scripture. So it's therefore as you have since. And so kind of going back to last week, the last verse we read was uh, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6. But Christ as the Son is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house if we keep our courage, and remain confident in our hope in Christ. So the Son is in charge of God's house. You know, Christ is in charge. He runs the show. Uh, <laughs> Moses was a great servant, but Jesus ultimately, Jesus is the Son. And here's the thing. We are invited into that family when we follow Jesus in faith. And, and because of that, you know, the book of Hebrews continues to paint this, this powerful picture of, of who Jesus is. You know, if you read the book of Hebrews, you, you'll understand Jesus in a, in a new way, in a bigger way than, than maybe you would if you'd never <laughs> read the book of Hebrews. But the more you learn about Christ and the bigger you see he is, uh, you know, you, you then should begin to live differently, right? Because if, if you know Christ, what he, who he was and uh, who he is and all that he's done, and we learn, we learn about Christ, we look at our struggles and our trials differently too. 
Because it's, you know, we see the purpose in it all. And it says, you know, we are God's house. And so when you're born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, you have this new relationship with God the Father. And that changes the way then, then we live in this world. So kind of back to uh, the second part of verse 7 says, you know, uh, now it's interesting, if you, if you kind of didn't catch it, like if you have a Bible, you have little footnotes. Anyone, who here is like a footnote reader when they see the footnote? Who's a here a footnote skipper, if you're honestly? Like, like, you're like, man, I read enough footnotes at school. I don't want to look at them in my Bible, right? Uh, I'm, I'm that footnote guy. Like, I'm, I'm annoying. I read the preface of the translations. That guy, anyone hear that person, too? Okay, two of us. Three? Here four. Anyway. <laughs> but you, maybe if you look at the footnotes, see, this is actually a, a quote from the book of Psalms. And, and so the... the, the the Psalms are quoted a lot in the New Testament, so this is like really our Psalm series, part two, I don't know. Uh, so we're going to drop into this, is Psalm 95, uh, which is really interesting, and I would love to tell you the history of its use and uh, liturgical use in the uh, temple and everything, but that probably is more than you want to hear today. But it's, it says, this is really, it's, uh, you know, Hebrews 7, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for, uh, for 40 years they saw what I did. <laughs> that is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declare on oath of my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Now, there's a lot of places, if you read the Hebrew Bible, like this morning we were talking about the book of Judges. You see it a lot in the book of Judges. Uh, you know, it, there, but there's a lot of places in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. I, I called it the Hebrew Bible the other day at the gym, and the person's like, what? And I'm like, oh yeah, I need to give you context of why I call it the Hebrew Bible. And so I was giving a little lecture on the Hebrew Bible versus Old Testament. And, you know, it's probably more than anyone wanted at 7 o'clock in the morning when we're trying to lift. But, man, it was needed. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was, I'm too awake sometimes in the morning for some of you. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> there's multiple places in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, where the Israelite people don't quite live up to God's expectations, right? And, and so Exodus 17, you know, there's this story. If you, you can open it up, you can read it. We're just going to tell the story, maybe hit a couple verses here. You know, the people complain because there's no water. Now, you're in the desert. There's no water. You're thirsty, right? Uh, but, you know, they, they kind of forgot. They start grumbling against God and Moses. Uh, and now, these are the same people who saw all the plagues in Egypt and all the ways that God delivered. These are the same people who, like, walked through the Red Sea, and they're like, oh, God's just going to leave us out here in the desert to die? <laughs> you know, like, like, certainly, if God can do all those things, he can get you some water. Uh, and, and it says, you know, verse uh, 17, uh, verse 3, uh, chapter 17, verse 3 says, Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, or our livestock with thirst? Like, they're, they're complaining, right? It, you know, I, I picture it like kids in a car, because your kids, like, if you ever go to, like, a distance in a car, your kids are like, I'm hungry. Like, you just ate breakfast, you know? How could you be hungry? And, they, and someone always has to go to the bathroom, you know? It's, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's kind of like you're, they're complaining, and I picture, like, you know, kids, where they're, they're very, I don't know if you had dramatic kids when they're hungry, Anyone have the dramatic kid? <sighs> you know, that's kind of, they're, they're all picturing like that. And uh, so Moses strikes the rock at God's command. Water pours out. And he proves that he'll provide. You know, but it's interesting because verse 7, 
uh, chapter 17, verse 7. Moses named the place Massah, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing, uh, because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord here with us or not? Uh, and, you know, and that was very typical, because on the one hand, God delivers them. On the one hand, God does these miracles, but then they're kind of complaining and, and saying, God, uh, and again, it's, I, I picture it like kids in a, in a car on a road trip. <laughs> uh, not, my kids are great, but I mean, yours were terrible. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, and unfortunately, it won't be the last time this happens, right? If you read it, um, you know, there, there's an old joke, you know, uh, why did the Israelites wander 40 years in the desert? Because Moses refused to stop and ask for directions. Because, you know, men, sometimes we occasionally, I've been told, won't ask for directions anywhere. Anyone? Anyone? Like, and I'm old school, like, I go places and don't turn on the GPS because I'm sure I can get there. Anyone? Okay, none of the younger people. Yeah. Oh, no, a younger person said yes. <laughs> you know, uh, but anyway, uh, truthfully, it's for another reason. We'll see details on that, uh, that shortly. But the, ultimately, the Israelites don't need the promised land to get rest. And so, you know, this, the, the author Hebrews is using this uh, to warn us that, you know, ultimately we have to seek his kingdom, God's kingdom, and we get this eternal rest. Now, one of the things that the neighbor told me about being an adult was how tired I would be all the time. <laughs> Anyone? Can I get an Amen. <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah, before, like, when you're a kid, they're like, bedtime. You're like, oh, I don't want to go to bed. Now you're like, yes. <laughs> like, can I turn in now? I try not to turn in before nine, you know, because, like, <laughs> then it, it, you, you're, I'm afraid I'll nap and then get back up, which happens. But, you know, it's like now I'm just waiting to go to bed as I get older. But, you know, ultimately, we enter into the rest of the kingdom. And, I, I think, again, I think as I get older, I understand th this need of eternal rest uh, more and more. But, um, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because, I mean, this is spoken to the people at church, basically, right? And, and, you know, but here's the thing. Uh, one of the commentators I read this week said, With any Christian community, there may be those whose outward association does not reflect the inward condition of the heart. Now, that's not new. I, I'm sure if you go to any church... Not this one, of course. We've, got, we've all got it down. But you know, that, that's a joke. That's sarcasm. Um, I, I'm going to point out which of you aren't. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, we can say the right things. You, you can even, like, do a lot of the right things. Uh, you can be a church person and really have a heart far from God, right? Like, like there's, an old, there's an old joke, you know, just you know, sleeping in a garage doesn't make you a car. Uh, you know, kind of the same, you know, going to church doesn't make you a believer. Now, it's helpful with believing, don't get me wrong, but, but you know, and a lot of times we have to kind of ask ourselves, you know, hey, is my heart really uh, with, with God on this? Um, you know, sitting in church doesn't make you a Christian, only putting your trust in Christ does. And we, we often talk about the ABCs of faith. You know, A, we admit, you know, admit that we all sin. You know, a lot of people don't like to do this. <laughs> but, but, but the truth is, we, we do sin, we, we struggle, uh, you know, and then believe that, that Jesus died for your sins, and that's, that's important, not just believe like, 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 I, like I understand it, <laughs> but, but really kind of believe and put faith in that, and then C is commit, you commit your life to following him, and, and once you do that, you know, it, it begins this relationship, and now often that relationship starts with a prayer, now there's nothing, if you grew up in church and you heard the sinner's prayer, anyone ever hear that one? 
I, th- I think I told you one time I went to a Bible bookstore and, you know, I, they had the little sinner's prayer. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> you know, and I was thinking I had to say that prayer, you know. And I was a little freaked out. There's a whole story that goes along with that. Uh, end of the story, you know, I, you know, I, I was like praying, but I was already there because I hadn't prayed that prayer. Like, it's not that those have magical words, but prayer is often the start of that relationship. Just like, you know, if, if I were to meet somebody new, you know, you know, the conversation starts with me talking, right? <laughs> and the friendships start with us talking. It's the same with God. It's this, this relationship with God starts when we just begin to have a conversation with him and go, we do, we do the ABCs. We admit, we believe, and then we commit. We're going to live life differently because of our faith, because our faith, our lives should look different if we're believers and followers of Jesus. Not weird different, but different. You know, because I, I, I go after different things now that I'm a follower of Christ. I have different values now that I'm a follower of Christ. Um, and it says, Hebrews verse 13 says, be, But encourage one another daily as long as they hold today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know, encourage one another daily. Um, one of the reasons I think church is important, and I'm not, I, I know I, I, I kind of joked about the people online uh, a couple weeks ago, and they, they kind of sent me some messages in fun. <laughs> hey, love you guys if you're online. That's cool. <laughs> but, but, you know, one of the reasons I, that we come together, and we do this thing called church, because remember, I often say, you know, you know, here's the church, here's the people, open up to see all the people lies <laughs> you know because here's a church building maybe it has a steeple maybe it doesn't open up that's the church the church is the people and one of the reasons we come together as people is you know not to spread covid but it's to encourage one another and there's something about being together we celebrate who jesus is we we come to him in worship but but really it, a lot of what it you know, church is, is then encouraging one another, and we, we, we use our gifts, and the, you know, we've talked about spiritual gifts, we're not going to talk about them today, but God's given us all different gifts, and you use those mainly when we're all together functioning, and, and so community is important. Um, now, it was funny, because, um, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you who, but it was Kelly. She shared a couple of me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she said, no, it's good. You're like, now you're like, what did I share? No, uh, but you know, shared a couple of memes that I kind of laughed about this week. One of them was uh, a meme shared. It was like, I'm just blunt. At, you know, the person was saying, and it says, no, you just don't care how you talk to people because you think your opinion is more important than respect or courtesy. Now, we all know some people who are, aren't really blunt. They're just jerks, right? <laughs> but, but on the other hand, you know, there's some people who will never tell you the truth because they're trying to be so nice. And, 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 you know, I had to laugh. I think a lot of us struggle to this. You know, encouraging one another is this tightrope balance. There's a difference between being direct and being blunt. Now, uh, you know, you can use whatever word you want, but you have to be careful to share truth in a way people will receive it. Because, again, you can be a Christian and be a jerk, and then people don't receive truth. Uh, you know, sometimes what we call blunt is just being a jerk. But some of us also need to know the opposite. People need to know the truth. And some of us will never bring up hard things because we're kind of scared we're going to offend the person. So I like to use the word direct, you know, I, you know, because there's times I have to like, I'll be in a conversation with someone and I'm just like, all right, let me just be direct with you. <laughs> Boom. Cause this is the truth. And this is why you're struggling. You know, like <laughs> I had a friend one time, he's like, why do all these things happen to me? And I was direct with him. Anyway, I lost that friend. 
<laughs> because he, he didn't want to hear. He wanted to hear it was everyone else's problem. And it's like, no, you just keep making really stupid decisions. Uh, <laughs> everything happens for a reason. Sometimes it's because you do stupid things. But anyway, uh, bottom line is, you know, we need to encourage one another. That, that, that's part of the Christian faith. Now, some of you may know, I occasionally talk about it. We go biking, some of us. And we try to bike through the year. Uh, it's kind of ending the season where, you know, we have good weather all the time. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Biking is a lot easier with a group. You know, I used to be a solo bike rider. But, you know, once I started with a group, man, it was so much more, it was easier to be consistent. You know, we get together. You kind of you know there's a time, so you sort of have to meet together at that time. You can't really virtually bike. I guess that's what Peloton is. I don't know. I don't... <laughs> I saw someone selling this ghetto-looking old exercise bike the other day online. They're like, Peloton prototype. <laughs> it was like the 1970s kind. You guys remember? They were like, <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I'd almost want to buy it because it's you know, Peloton prototype. But biking is a lot easier to ride with a group. Because when I ride, but here, and the funny thing is, when I ride with a group, I'm actually much more likely to do my solo rides too. You know, the kind of the, the momentum carries you, if you will. Uh, and then lifting. Lifting, you know, because, you know, we don't, we don't just do, you know, some of us, our cardio is lifting heavy things really fast. Um, <laughs> you know, lifting. It's, you know, it's a lot easier to be committed when I'm meeting a group of people or a person, right? Like, because it's easy to go, yeah, manana. <laughs> you know, I'll do it tomorrow. Some of you know what I mean. And then it's like suddenly, you know, you haven't lifted in a long time. And your, the, the, your gym equipment is just like hanging stuff out in the garage. Or, you know, it it's, gets a little dusty. But it's a lot easier to be committed when you lift with a partner group. But when I'm lifting with people, I'm also more likely to lift solo too. Uh, you know, and, and so um, life is a lot easier to do the stuff. It's a lot easier to pray read, study the Bible with a group. And when you do that, when you're doing those spiritual exercises with one another, you know, you're more likely to, to do the solo stuff too. It, it, it's easier. And so church is not a building, but it's people. And, and, you know, and that's why sometimes, you know, it's funny because some of you, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not making fun of you if you got to go when like church, like this gathering thing is over. But you know, it's funny. Some of, like, sometimes we're here like an hour or more afterwards. I've had like, hey, I got to go. I got a meeting at two o'clock lock up when you leave. And that's okay. I remember one time, it was, oh my gosh, this guy, he, he was a guest. We actually became good friends, but he had to move away. Uh, but, but it was funny because he was here. We talked to like four o'clock one day. <laughs> that was ridiculous, wasn't it? But it was like, we we're just like, we're connecting, we're talking. And some of you know, when I get talking, I get talking anyway, you know, can I get an amen? Some of you like run when I come, you know, because like, Jeff's just going to talk forever. Just go look, there's bacon. When I turn, run out. But <laughs> You know, but, but it's important to kind of to connect with people. And that's why we have church. Part of it is, is this connection factor. You can go to church online, but you're going to get something different when you're here. Get more connection. And that's why we have small groups. And groups of people get together. We study the Bible, have a lot of fun. Men's group on Saturdays. Join us at 7 o'clock. Um, Paul says it this way, Galatians 6, 2. Share one each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. You share one another's burdens. You know, like when my kids were little, we'd go hiking. Um, you know, I carried their stuff for them, right? Because why? Because they were little. Even if we gave them a little backpack with a sandwich in it or something, you know, I had to carry all the water and all the heavy stuff because I'm the dad. But, but, you know, but they weren't ready. And then as they grew, they, they, they get more, uh, they get bigger, they can do it. I, <laughs> I remember hiking as a teenager, um, and I, I still remember this. Actually, Bob was with me. Um, you know, we're hiking, and this one kid just couldn't keep up. 
Um, and, and, you know, he just couldn't keep up, couldn't keep And the scoutmaster was like a very athletic dude. And he threw his backpack on top, like the kid's backpack on top of his and took off. And we all like running through the woods trying to catch this man. <laughs> but he took the burden, if you will. And, and so that's sort of the image of we need to bear one another's burdens. When we can't, when we struggle, when we fall, you know, we need to lift each other up, pick each other up. And you can't do that when you don't come together uh, and connect. And our job is to encourage. Our job is to help bear the burdens. Um, so continuing verse 15, Hebrews 3.15, just, and, uh, and has <clears throat> just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. You know, today, if you hear his voice. Now, today, not tomorrow. <laughs> you know, because I, I think a lot of times we, we can put things off. You're not just talking about a 24-hour period until sundown, but, you know, now is the time to renew your relationship with God, not later. Like, you know, some of us are procrastinators. Some of us are amateur procrastinators. Um, boom, Anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because I, I, was, I was thinking this week, I was thinking about procrastination, and uh, so I started to you know, do some research because... I was procrastinating finishing the sermon. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was ironic. Like, I, I, you know, I start thinking about something and I start, you know, I, I start looking something up to kind of to fill in thought. And then who knows how long it takes me to get back sometimes to that train of thought. Anyone else? Like I open up Wikipedia and like you read something and then you open up Wikipedia, another article, and then you read something. Anyone else like find themselves several hours on Wikipedia and they're like, how did I even get here? And then you're like, what was I doing? Anyway, uh, I was procrastinating. Uh, I am a procrastinator, not an amateur procrastinator. <laughs> but, you know, I was, I, but I found this one article that was talking about like, reasons we um, procrastinate. Because I know why I procrastinate a little bit, because I'm like a little ADHD, <laughs> a little ADD. But um, feeling anxious about the tasks. So sometimes there's things we just don't want to get to, you know, or, or maybe you know, insecurity about your ability to complete the task. You know, sometimes there's things on your plate at work or something, you kind of don't get to it because you're like, I don't even know if I can finish that. And so for some reason, you just kind of put it off, like somehow it's going to get better if we do that. I'm just saying we do it. We feel tired or bored. <laughs> um, but it, there's, a, there's a funny quote in there. It's, if you have something else to distract you, it's easy to do that instead. Proximity to temptation really pumps up procrastination. I'm like, yes. And it's so hard now that we have a phone full of all kinds of things I can do other than... That's why I started wearing a watch a few years back because every time I looked at my phone, like my phone to see what time it was, I started looking at my notifications and answering messages. And anyone else do that? Yeah, some of you are right now. You got on your phone to read the Bible app today, but you're tweeting right now because I could see it because I'm watching your Twitter feed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, anyway, you're, you're, you're on Facebook anyway. Um, you know, thinking there's a lot of time to get the task done, even if there isn't, believing you perform better by leaving it to the last minute. Who here loves the adrenaline rush of having to get it done? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I remember I, I, wrote, I used to write my papers last minute because I could. <laughs> and, I, and I usually got A's until grad school. Uh, <laughs> and, and then it was like, I remember one time I got, a, I got a, 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 a paper back and the, uh, the, I forget who wrote it, the TA or the professor graded it. And they were like, um, good, good, good paper reads like a first draft. And I was like, ooh. Then I had to learn that maybe the adrenaline, I, you know, I needed to maybe plan a little bit more. Uh, anyway, but here's the thing, you know, and, and taxes, H&R Block did a survey, you know, people cost themselves hundreds of dollars by putting off doing taxes. 
high school or college, we, we, you know, we, we write that paper last minute, right? Because, you know, we don't exercise or diet. We get around to it until there's some sort of like health emergency or class reunion coming up. Um, class reunion, you coming? Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, spiritual things. Here's the thing. You know, we, a lot of us, we procrastinate spiritual stuff because maybe we're waiting until all our questions are answered. Man, I still got questions. If you're waiting until you get all your questions answered about faith, you know, <laughs> you're never going to get there. You know, and, and some of you struggle because when you question faith, you're like, oh, am I, am I sinning because I question things? You know, I don't think you can believe a faith you haven't questioned, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> but, but, you know, you know we, we put things off. We wait for the perfect time. And, and, and I think another reason we procrastinate the eternal things, we don't deal with things today, is because we, we don't think a lot about our own mortality. You know, I, I think back in the day, you know, you, you could get sick and die a lot faster, it seemed. Although with COVID, I think people started thinking, maybe I will die. Some, you know, some people were thinking about those life and death things. But now it's like, it's 2021, so we don't care anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, without getting <laughs> political there. Uh, but, you know, a year and a half into it, a lot of us forget. Um, but, you know, w- the reality is, you know, we could be here today, gone tomorrow. I clicked on, and this is how Facebook works, and you know it. You click on one thing, and then, like, you get all kinds of things. Like, I was trying to find information on a particular accident that, you know, had happened. And now, because I clicked on that, every accident comes through my news feed. And it's like, they're, every one of them someone dies in. It's like a little depressing, because now it's like, every time I open Facebook, look, someone else died. How did this person die on the road? Uh, and it was like when Denise and I, we lived in Los Angeles, <laughs> we called the station we listened to in the morning because like the clock radio would go off and it would, you know, instead of like, eh, 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 it would be like the radio. And it, because some of you remember the radio before like Spotify and different things, there was actual, some of you still listen to radio, right? But, um, you know, it was, we called it K-Death. I don't know what it was because everything was like traffic fatality on the 405. <laughs> uh, and it was every morning we woke up to all these like fatalities. But <laughs> the reality of the fatality is they happen. And a lot of times we put off faith things, we put off life changes because we think we have forever, but the truth is, not all of us do. I'm doing another funeral this week. Uh, You know, and and, you know, don't wait to take that first step of faith. You know, a lot of us will put it off, but you really, you know, God's given the opportunity today and none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. He says, if you hear his voice, you know, John 12, 32 says, and when I am lifted up to the earth, Jesus says, I will draw everyone to myself. You know, he's the one that draws us. Holy Spirit convicts us. You know, John 16, 8, and then when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. Left to our own, we all go astray. We do. Uh, you know, but God draws us into relationship. Jesus draws us into a relationship with him. It says, do not harden your hearts. You know, this is, uh, this is this actually the second, I told you there was like five warnings in Hebrews. This is the second, but he's going to kind of, this is going to continue into next week. So you get the second warning twice. So no, in a second morning twice. That's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's you remember Play-Doh as a kid? Did everyone have Play-Doh? Did anyone not have Play-Doh? I could bring some next week for you. Um, it, like pl- I don't know why it was so much fun to play with. Um, but you know, it's like you had the Play-Doh, you had the little can, and you pull it out. Who had the barber shop? 
They would have the Play-Doh barbershop, and you push the little things, and the heads grow hair, and you had the little fake scissors. Yeah, you wanted that, you didn't get it. Oh, it's so sad. Well, everyone knows what to get her for Christmas now. Play-Doh barbershop. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's like there's all these things, and I, I remember I was, I was, you know, I was so responsible as a child at times. Uh, but, you know, I remember every once in a while, I didn't put the lid back on the Play-Doh. What happens? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you just have like hard, crunchy things, or, or it's like not quite Play-Doh-y, it's, you know, and that's really, you know, it was fun to play with as a kid, leave it out and it's trash, you have to be careful, it gets a crumbly mess, um, but and our hearts are like Play-Doh, if we're not careful, they harden to God, uh, and so we have to be careful, um, you may remember from the Psalm series, we did Psalm 51, and so, you know, even David hardened his heart, and if you know the story, great, uh, I'll kind of paraphrase it, but David kind of, he stays back, he sees uh, Bathsheba, he likes Bathsheba, he has an affair with Bathsheba, knowing she's married, then he conspires to have her husband killed, and you know, everything, and he thinks he's gotten away with it, uh, and then like Nathan the prophet kind of confronts him, and David just, his heart breaks, you know, it's, they say, you know, he's a man after God's own heart, not that he always did things right, but, but he had a contrite heart afterwards. He says, you know, created me a clean heart, O God, renew a loyal spirit within me. Now, some of us immediately, when I say that, you're singing like the Keith Green song. Created me a clean heart. Some of you aren't. Some, anyone sing that one growing up in the church or anything? Kind of like a classic. Oh, yeah, we got some younger folks know that one. Uh, <laughs> I used to always, I, 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 um, you know, when I wrestled, uh, you know, I would be underneath the bleachers, like, singing that, you know, before I went out to wrestle. It was like, you know, in college. I don't know. It was like, so for me, I, I, that, that, it kind of takes me back to walking under bleachers. Creating me a clean heart, oh God, and as I go out and brutally try to fight someone <laughs> to near death. But that's a whole nother, whole nother sermon for a whole nother time. Uh, you know, but uh, when, our, when our hearts harden, truth is God gave us a new one. Now, some of you remember, like, I'm, I'm just having a nostalgic day here. Remember Wizard of Oz? The Tin Man. I like rewatched the clip this morning because I'm like, because I, I was trying to make sure I remembered it right. Because like, you know, the, the, the wizard gives him a, a heart because all he wants is a heart. He really just gives him a heart-shaped clock. I'm like, do I remember that right? I did. He just gives him a heart-shaped clock. Uh, you know, but we're not going to get a heart-shaped clock. God will give us a new heart when we come to him. Uh, <laughs> uh, and God gives us his new heart. Ezekiel uh, 36 says, uh, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you'll only worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. You know, and ultimately, when we come to faith in Christ, he gives us this new heart, this, this new way of living. Uh, because often the old one leads us astray, right? Now, uh, we, we went down to watch, you know, L play volleyball and everything. And so we were down at the beach and we were coming, uh, we were coming up this road. And there was, uh, there was a, a deer, a nice little six-pointer standing on the side of the road. It was like, it was beautiful. Anyway, this, this beautiful deer decided uh, that he would uh, it'd be good to graze on the side of the road. And then he thought it would be a good idea to step into the road. Unfortunately, I was traveling at about 50 miles an hour. Uh, <laughs> so, long story short, I hit a six-pointer. Uh, <laughs> now, it, fortunately, I, we, I, 
you know, I normally don't swerve, but I carefully moved over. You don't, don't swerve because, you know, you, you, you could die trying to avoid the animal. But we managed, and, uh, you know, I did, I was, I was trying to tell Denise to roll down the window and grab him real quick because then we could get the deer. <laughs> but she didn't. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, anyway, long story short, we, we managed to slam on the brakes and the deer, he ran into our car, but... He was okay. Just, uh, it'll buff out. It'll buff out. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, it was my dad's car anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> deer just followed his heart. Didn't turn out too well. Now, hopefully he'll learn from that one, you know, because he, he slunk off. I text a friend of mine. I'm like, hey, six-pointer coming your way. Because uh, that's where he lives, not because. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, he was good. But, you know, he's a young buck. Maybe he'll learn. Maybe he won't. But that's sometimes our heart leads us astray. What seems like a good path ends up being something that really hurt. You know, I, I didn't kill the deer, but I'm sure he felt that one. <laughs> uh, and um, often we harden our hearts because we desire things that God calls sin. You know, deer chilling by the road wanders into the road. Seemed like a good thing, not a good thing. Uh, and we pursue things God says no to. Eventually, you know, we get hard to his voice. Now, if... Uh, you know, my, my hands are slightly calloused because I like to work outside, do manly things, I lift weights. And, you know, when I was younger, you know, you wear the lifting gloves. Who wears lifting gloves? Novice. No, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <You're laughs> you know, in, in my world, they, they, they kind of, they frown on gloves. But I remember I lost my lifting gloves when I was younger, and I don't know what happened to them, and I'm, I haven't put them back on. Uh, but, it, but, you know, calluses, you know, your, your hand hurts when you first start lifting, right? Some, some of you don't know. Trust me, it would if you were to start lifting, uh, you know, and it's like your hands get all raw and everything. Eventually they get hard. Now, that's good for your hands when you're lifting. It's good for your hands if you're doing labor, but, but it's not so good for your heart. And, and a lot of times our heart seeks things that hurt it because sin, sin seems like fun at first, you know, and if not, you're probably not doing it right. <laughs> But, you know, a lot of times sin feels good at first, but then it rubs us wrong. It hurts us. And, and if we, we kind of keep pursuing that, our hearts get callous to what, what God uh, wants from us. Um, and calluses are good for the hands, bad for the heart. You know, I was actually reading about, again, because I'm a little ADD, heart disease this week. Um, because I was thinking about, you know, hearts hardening. And uh, I was reading, hardening the arteries, I have to read this because I want to make sure I get it right. Hardening the arteries occurs when fat, cholesterol, and other substances build up in the walls of arteries, like bacon. Uh, these <laughs> deposits are called plaques. Over time, these plaques can narrow and completely block the arteries and cause problems throughout the body, right? That's heart disease, right? Like, like hopefully you don't have it. Uh, people do have it. <laughs> but the sin is sort of like spiritual plaque. It hardens our arteries. It hardens our heart. Uh, and the end result without intervention is death. And so, you know, a lot of ways we can change heart disease by what we intake, right? Like when you're on a, you know, a healthy diet, you know, you, you, you don't eat certain things. You don't eat copious amounts of bacon, although we can argue what, what's healthy or what's not. That's okay. <laughs> Point being is we need to eat differently. We need to in, bring into our body different things. And it, it's the same thing, the same thing spiritually. It's all, a lot of times we, we want sin... And that's what hardens our hearts because we want to go our own way. We want to do our own thing. <laughs> and um, so how do we uh, not harden our hearts? Avoid sin. And I think one of those things, too, is reading his word. 
We, we talked about that at men's group. That was the, y'all missed it. It was a good men's group. We're, we're, <laughs> we're using a strange curriculum downloading from New Zealand. So shout out to the Kiwis. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I liked this. Uh, we found these Bible studies online. They were, they were fun. But, um, you know, and we're talking about, you know, reading his word. You know, there, there's something different about the Bible. Now, how many of you remember every sermon I've ever preached? Okay, that's good. None of you were lying. Uh, <laughs> how many of you remember what I preached last week? You're like, oh, it's, yeah, this is the first part of Hebrews 3. Okay, good. Uh, but, you know, uh, how many of you remember every Bible verse you've ever read? Some of you have read one, so maybe you got that one. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, most of the time we don't. But, but how many of you remember every meal you've ever eaten? Probably not, but you know they've nourished you. And it's the same thing with, with sermons, with Bible verses. You, you may not remember them all, but they nourish you and they help you grow spiritually. They keep your heart soft. Uh, you know, it's been said, when, uh, when we read the Bible, the Bible reads us. I'll take that a minute for the simmer to think about it. Um, you, know, uh, you know, there's something that's different about the, this book. Um, you know, the Bible, you know, it reveals that we're created in the image of God, and it's, you know, and it says, you know, we were created, someone, it's been said, we were created in the image of God, and we've been returning the favor ever since, because sometimes we assume that God thinks just like us, uh, you know, left to our own, and, and so when we don't read the Bible, we start to create God in our own image, because God suddenly, you know, likes the things you like, and doesn't like the things you don't like, and <laughs> likes the people you like, and doesn't like the people you don't like. <laughs> but, you know, it may be difficult for us to stand, but when we don't read the Bible with an open heart, our God tends to like the things we like, and hate the things we hate, which may not be the things that God really likes and really hates. Uh, our God just thinks just like us. Our God tends to have the exact same views on life and politics as us. Now, that's an awkward one. Just hold that for a minute. I want to read a joke. The preacher in an old country church was preaching with a traditional sermon on sin. We should take all that whiskey and dump it in the river. Back in the back of the church, a little old lady with a bonnet stood up and shouted, Amen, amen, preach it. And sat back down. The preacher smiled and continued, We must all flee from sinful lust. The little old lady jumped up and shouted, Amen, amen, preach it, and sat back down. The preacher excitedly hollered, and We should all take all the gospel of the world and stay silent. And the little old lady stood up and said, Now you stop preaching and start meddling. because we all have things we like to hold on to, right? And so we, 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 you know, it's easy to see sin in others. Sometimes we miss our own. And sometimes that's because we don't read the Bible. Because if you, here's, I'm not saying you can't be a Christian and not read the Bible, but it's a lot harder to be a Christian and really live differently and follow God faithfully when you don't. Because, you know, when I read the Bible, it reads me. And there's a lot of stuff that that kind of I naturally go astray and believe and think different things. But when you read the Bible, it changes you. Because you see what, what God wants. You know, I got hundreds of books on my shelves. Some of you saw my picture this week. I, I, I laughed. I, there's, a, there's a former seminary professor that retired. He moved down here, and he's a friend of a friend. Anyway, he's been giving away books. So I went and got a big box of books this week. And I was, I mean, I found some good ones, like boring journals that none of you would ever want to read. Uh, anyway, but I, you know, I was like, oh, this would be good. I could read this. Oh, man, I'd love to read this. You know, and it, there was like new ones. And so I, I go and I go back to the office and I set it on my table right next to the box of books I got from him like two weeks ago that I haven't shelved because I need, I have a problem. You know, and you have to admit you have a problem. And my problem is I don't have enough bookshelves. 
Um, <laughs> uh, I probably have a book problem too. But you know, <laughs> I, 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 I love books. I, I do, I, and I love books about books. I love book, you know, <laughs> just, I'm a reader. Like I, my parents, when I was little, they somehow tricked me into reading. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was like a cool thing to do, and it is a cool thing to do. <laughs> but it's like, I, you know, I, I love to read. I, you know, I wish I had time. Well, it's funny because I, I love people and reading. It's an odd combination. You know, I just want to talk to people all day and I just want to read. Um, but if I could just talk to them about reading, maybe it would work out. But, uh, you know, I, I love it. I, but, you know, I love my books. I do. I do. It's, it's, it's sickness. But there's none of those books are like this book. Most of those books, if, if I read them once, I, you know, I'm done with it. But we, you know, we, for some reason, after we read a book, we put it on a shelf, like, it's the carcass of something we've read. Like, look, it's a trophy. I read that book. <laughs> um, that's why I lend my books out, and they usually don't come back. Although somebody did donate one to the yard sale that was mine. I was like, who did I lend that out to? And I, I need to find out. But <laughs> it was funny to find your own book in the yard sale pile at the church. And, you know, anyway. Um, you know, I love books, but there's something different about this book. Because when I read the Bible you know, I see my sin. I see my junk. Um, Y'all see it anyway, so I might as well see it. <laughs> I see the way I've wronged others. I, I see the ways I'm, I'm inconsistent in my faith. I, I see the ways that I think that God doesn't think. But I, when I read the Bible with an open and humble heart, I'm encouraged too because I see the way God loves me. I, I, I see the way God calls me to himself. I, I see the way God calls me to be a part of the things he's doing in the world. And so when you read the Bible, you got to hear his voice. You don't, don't harden your heart. Hebrews 3.16 says, who are, they, who are they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those that Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not those who disobeyed? See, uh, so, that, so we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. And um, earlier we talked about, you know, Masa and Meribah, you know, where the Israelites had grumbled. Numbers 14, you know, it's a story, maybe you've heard it before, uh, that, you know, Moses kind of sends in people, they send in people, they send in Joshua and Caleb, um, and so, you know, it's, you know they, they go in, they, other spies, they kind of spy out the land, they're like, see, it's good, but the people come back, they're like, uh, you know, hey, it's, you know, great place to live, but they're like, oh no, they're giants, it's too big for us, uh, and so, I mean, if you read it, I, I noticed something I never noticed before, they actually start to stone Joshua and Caleb, because they're like, no, we don't want to go in, and they're arguing and fighting, uh, you know, and they're like, oh, did you, you know, they're complaining, and it's like, you know, if we'd only died in Egypt, uh, if only we had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, they complain, why is the Lord taking us to the country only to have to die in battle, <laughs> you know, and so it's, you know, they, they're complaining again, again, same people, they saw the seven they saw the way God rescued them. They walked through, they walked through, uh, through, through the river. <laughs> they, they walked through the Red Sea. And they're complaining and arguing. And unbelief. Um, and so this becomes like th this story within Judaism to understand you know, that sometimes we, you know, we have this, this unbelief. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if God could take them out of, the, out of Egypt, which is like the superpower of the day, couldn't he bring them into this land? But, but there's doubt. They rebelled, and, uh, and so, you know, <laughs> they end up for 40 years, you know, in the wilderness. And, you know, it's interesting because when you read the Bible, there's always this, you know, like it's rebellion. You look at that, and you think, that's crazy, right? Like, doesn't that seem crazy? 
It's okay. You can say it. It seems a little crazy. Like, why? How come they? But then I start to look at myself and go, man, how am I like that? Because often we rebel. You know, often we doubt God. And so we have to kind of look at that and go, man, you know, um, it's often said the greatest distance in the world is distance from the, the head to the heart. I didn't say that. That's not me. That's not me. Someone, I'm not going to be one of those guys who says something that someone else always says and then put their name after it like they, they said it, made it up. But <laughs> I see those on Facebook all the time. <laughs> but, but, you know, like it's not new to me. But I was thinking, you know, I, I think the greatest distance is often the head to the heart. But then there's a great distance too, then between the heart to the hands, because or to the feet, because it, you have to believe it intellectually, but then you have to believe it in your heart. But then it needs to make it act to the way we the way we walk, the way we live, the way we act. And when we when we know what God has done is doing, we need to we need to believe and trust in Him. We also then need to live differently because of it. And so, you know, the greatest this is head to the heart, and the, hand, the heart to the hands and the feet. You know, God calls us his family. He calls us into this life of trust and faith. And he calls us ultimately into this, this eternal rest. So you're tired now. I get it. <laughs> I think sometimes God lets us be tired now <laughs> because we look forward to the eternal rest with him. Uh, <laughs> you know, though it's challenging, it's this better way to live with a greater reward. You know, so today, don't harden your heart. You know, uh, you know, admit, believe, commit to, to following Jesus. You know, and if this is your first time doing that, reach out to us, connect with us online, connect with us in a connection card, and, and then start taking your next steps of faith, you know. Uh, you know, open your eyes to see what God is doing is done. Open your heart, live differently, look forward to his rest.